Well, good morning, Coastal. How are you guys doing this morning? All right, that was that was pitiful. That was pitiful. Okay, like um, let's let's just just for kicks and giggles, let's just try this one more time. How y'all doing this morning? All right, a couple of people up here on the front row are awake. For the rest of you guys, I know it's raining. I know the struggle is real to wake up this morning, but we can do it. Hey, my name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're glad that you're with us. We're beginning a brand new series today called The Struggle is Real, uh, hashtag, if you, if you want to do that. Uh, that's kind of the popular thing today. That's what all the, the kids are doing. So, um, you know, if you want to get in on that game, we encourage you to tweet along with us, hang out with us, hashtag The Struggle is Real at Coastal Church. We'd love to be in the conversation with you guys uh, throughout this series. And so if you want to jump in and do that, we, that would be great. Uh, today, what we're kind of doing is we're kind of diving into this series. We're going to start this off and the reality is, is that hashtag, the struggle is real, is a pretty popular hashtag because so many of us have struggles that are very, very real in our lives. Some of those are really, really easy to identify. There's some struggles that are not so easy to identify. We see the symptoms of them all around our lives, but we haven't yet been able to pinpoint exactly what the problem is. And, and for a lot of us, I think that when we start to discover what the problem is, and as we go through a couple of weeks here, I think week after week, you're going to see yourself identifying with a lot of these struggles. Some of the struggles, you're going to be like, I, I don't identify with that at all. And good for you. Like, it's awesome that you don't identify with that, but you know what? There's probably people in your life that do. And so we want to encourage you to keep inviting your friends, inviting your family, inviting the person that you know is struggling so that we can help them break free and experience the freedom that God has for their life. And so as I was thinking about today and how do we really, really set this series off the best way possible, I thought about a, a recent experience that I had, uh, partly because I, I was really excited about this series. I was recently on an airplane, and, and I don't know, and I talked a little bit about airplanes last week, but I was on an airplane recently, and they have a picture. I took a picture of, of my knees, like, are in the back of that person's seat. And I don't know what's going on with airplanes or not, but it seems like the, the aisles just seem to be getting smaller and smaller. Every time I fly, it's like there's less and less room. And so I'm kind of stuck over here in the corner of this airplane. And, and I'm like, man, I have no room to move. And, and I had my cell phone and I was looking at my cell phone and we kind of hit some bumpy weather and I dropped my cell phone. Um, and, and because there was so, we were so tight in there, like the dude next to me, I had my arm on the rest and we're kind of playing like tingling our hair together, which is kind of gross. It's just wrong. Like no man should do that with another man, but we were doing that. And, and so I dropped my cell phone and I'm trying to reach down, but because it's so cramped, I can't get down underneath my seat. And so the guy next to me kind of like leans over me and he's trying to go in the seat and that just doesn't look good. And so I'm like, oh, let's just stop that. And, and, uh, and we're trying to get the cell phone. I just can't get it. And I'm trying, to, I'm trying to kick it with my feet. I can't find it. It slides down underneath my seat, like going back behind me. And, and so like for the first time ever, like I've got plenty of time on my hands because like what do you do without your cell phone, right? I mean, like you don't know what to do. And so I'm, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm thinking about this and I'm going, man, isn't this how our life is? Isn't this how life has become? We are so cramped. We've got so much packed into our lives that it seems like we have no room to maneuver. We have nowhere to go. And it's just like, man, there's, there's not an ounce of margin in our lives. It seems like there is nothing that we can do to get out of that predicament. In fact, I had to wait until like everybody deplaned, get on my hands and knees to find my cell phone. It's crazy. And I, I, 
like life is just happening just like that. We have more things to do. We have more hobbies that we're trying to pack in. We have more friends that we're trying to engage in and daily. We, we, we're getting more and more and more and more on our plate. And we used to think that, man, if I just had some technology, if I had an iPhone, like everything would move faster and I'd have a lot more time. But technology is doing the exact opposite thing. In fact, in the 1960s, there was a Senate hearing that talked about how in the future, because of the technological advances of our age, that we, at some point we would only work something like 20 hours a week because of all the advances of technology that we'd have in our lives. Hello, they missed the boat on that one, didn't they? Like we're working more and more and more than we ever have before because of technology. Why it's something to be a tool that's useful to help us to get more stuff done, it seems like it just adds more and more and more to our plate. And before long, our minutes and our moments and our hours and our days and our weeks are just being filled to the, to the top. I mean, when's the last time you went to a friend and you said, hey man, how's it going? And their answer back to you wasn't, man, I'm just so busy. It's, that's everybody's answer. It's everybody's answer. And the struggle is real just to fill our calendars more and more and more and more in life. But here's the reality. What we all have to realize, if you're taking notes, is that our lives naturally gravitate towards marginless living. All of our lives naturally gravitate towards having less and less time in our lives. And it's like no problem. There just seems to be no breathing room in our life because we're packing everything out. And, and you start to think about margin. You think, man, I'll have margin someday when I retire because that's what I think of when I think of margin. I think when I retire, I'm going to have lots of space. But you talk to retired people, they say that they're busier now than they ever were when they were working and raising families because life just seems to naturally gravitate towards this marginless living. And if we're ever going to have margin in our lives, it's going to be something that we have to fight for daily. We're going to have to fight to have margin in our schedules. We're going to have to say no to some good things so we can say yes to some better things. We're going to have to say no to some people and offend some people so we can say yes to the right people and the right relationships we have in our lives. And it's going to be a daily fight if we want to have that. In fact, I found this, this article by a, a doctor. His name was Dr. Richard Swinson. And he was a medical professional, and he was having all these people coming into his practice. And as he was assessing what was going on in their life, he was like more and more people, because of the busyness of their life, he was handing out more antidepressant prescriptions. He was handing out more prescriptions to deal with stress in life. And finally, he just got fed up with it. And he, and he said, man, I'm tired of writing prescriptions. I'm going to write a book. And so he wrote a book called Margin, and what he talked about is that we are living in the most marginless society of all times, and we don't need more drugs. What we need is more rest. In fact, he, he kind of defined margin like this. He says, he says, margin is the difference between what you can handle and what you take on. Margin is the space between our loads and our limits and is related to our reserves and resilience. It is a buffer a leeway, a gap, a place where we go to heal, to relate, to reflect, to recharge our batteries, to focus on the things that matter most. Life is won or lost in the extra space or the gaps in our life. 
And what we fail to realize is that we fail to realize that the best moments in life happen in the margins. Where we love the most is in the margins. Where we have the deepest relationship with God is in the margins. Where we have the deepest relationships with our friends and our families is in the margins. It's in the places where we make time and we make space for God to move and for to have those deep, meaningful things that we're all looking for in our lives. And if we want to have margin, we got to step back a little bit and say, like, man, I've got, to, I've got to step back from the busyness of life and say, what are some things that I've got to do? Because here's the downside. If we're not wary of, of what's happening with just adding more and more to our plate, eventually we're going to crash. We're going to crash. Because you can only add so much to your schedule. You can only add so much to your life. But before, there's going to be a crash in your relationships. There's going to be a crash emotionally. There's going to be a crash physically where you're just going to dive bomb because we were only meant to handle so much in this life. But yet our propensity is just to pack more and more and more and say yes and say yes and say yes to every single thing that comes before us. It's kind of like a branch. You can take a branch and you can bend it and you can bend it to a certain point and you can let go of it and it'll go back to its original point, won't it? And you can do that a whole bunch of times and it'll go back. But if you bend that branch too far, what happens is it snaps and it can never go back to the place where it originally was. And a lot of us, we're at this point where we're about to snap. And Jesus talks about this because the struggle is real for all of us. And he says in Matthew chapter 11, if you, if you have your Bibles with you, that's where we'll be hanging out today. He's talking to some people that are dealing with the same things that we're dealing with today. There are people that were busy. They were living day to day. They were trying to make ends meet. They were trying to do whatever they could do to survive and to meet the struggles of life that were around them. And Jesus is talking specifically to them. And I believe that he's talking specifically to us today. And this is what he says. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens. Some of you, you walked in here today. I, I, I know this. You, you walked in here today carrying some heavy burdens. You got some burdens of some relationships that you don't know what to do. And you're just trying to, what do I do in this moment? Or, or you've got a work schedule. You, or you've got deadline after deadline after deadline, man. And it's burdening you right now. For others of you, it's, it's some financial things. And, you, and you're like, man, I don't know how I'm going to figure this all out. I don't know what I'm going to do. And you're just burdened. And Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy burdened. And he says, man, I will give you some more stuff to do. No, that's not what he says. That'd be like a horrible proper bird. It's a statement that Jesus is like, hey, I know you're maxed out, but let me give you 10 more things. Let's make a list. No, that's not what he says. He says, and I will give you rest. I don't know about you, but how many of you guys would like some rest today? I know some of y'all are so tired, you can't even raise your hand. You're like, just nod at me, okay? It's like, yeah, I could use some of that. Jesus says, man, I'll give you rest. In a society where everybody wants something from you, it's like every person there, can I have five minutes of your time? And you go, okay, I'll give you five minutes. And they take 45, don't they? Or can, we, can, we, can, can you help me for just a second, and three hours later, you're still moving them? <laughs> Everybody wants something from you except for Jesus. Jesus says, man, I don't want something from you. I want to give you something. And so how do we 
stop struggling in this area of marginless living? And how do we enter into the rest that God wants to give us? Because I believe that for society today, for people today, the thing that we're lacking most is we're lacking the rest of God in our lives. We're taking on so many things. And so how do we do that? How do we live that life of rest? Because God says, man, give me your burdens and I'll give you rest. Like that is the best trade of all time. And so if you're taking notes, number one, you got to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. You know, like we're going old school rap right there. You got to check yourself before you wreck yourself. And, and so how do we do that? I, I, I found this book by Dr. Seuss. It's one of my favorite books uh, growing up. And I think Dr. Seuss has a lot of theological wisdom. For those of you guys that don't know, I mean, there's the Bible, then there's the cat in the hat by Dr. Seuss. And so, like, Dr. Seuss is going to blow your minds today. That's why you come to Coastal Deep Theological Thinking. And, says, and so it says this. It says, have no fear, said the cat. I will not let you fall. I will hold you up high as I stand on the ball with a book on a hand and a cup on my hat. But that is not all I can do, said the cat. Look at me. Look at me now, said the cat with a cup and a cake on top of my hat. I can hold up two books. I can hold up the fish, a little toy ship. And some milk on a dish. And look, I can hold up and down on the, I can hop up and down on the ball. But that is not all. Oh no, that is not all. Look at me, look at me now. It is fun to, it is, yeah, fun to have fun. Like Dr. Seuss, 220 words, so confusing. Anyways, but you have to know how. I can hold up the cup and the milk and the cake. I can hold up these books and the fish on a rake. I can hold the toy ship and a little toy man. I can look, and with my tail, I can hold a red fan. I can fan with the fan as I hop on the ball. Man, I can go to more soccer games. Man, I can go and do more work. Man, I can go and go to this party and to that party. And you know what? I can go and I can be successful and I can add a little bit more to my schedule and I can not get as much sleep and I can and I can and I can. Oh no, that is not all. That is what the cat said. Then he fell on his head and came down with a bump from up there on the ball. And Sally and I, we saw all the things. You can only carry so much before you fall. You can try to balance all the things in life. You can try to juggle all the activities that are thrown your way. But eventually you're going to get in a place where there's going to be a fall. And if you don't check yourself, you're going to end up wrecking yourself. If you don't, if you don't take some inventory of what's going on in your life, man, it's going to jack you up. And so I don't know about you, but if you've, if you've said some things like, man, I don't know if I can handle anymore, or man, I don't, I don't know how long I can do this, or, or you just want to go and escape all the time, you might be having some marginless living. In fact, I wrote down some signs that you might be living without margin in your life. If, if you're chronically rushed and you're always running late and forgetting things, you might be living a marginless life. If you can't remember the last time you said no to someone and disappointed them, you might be living without margin in your life. If you spend more than you make, and if you went without one or two paychecks, you would be in financial ruin. You might be living a marginless life. 
If you escape and if you disappear into escapism and all night Netflix binges or all night video game playing, you might have some marginless living in your life. If you spend more time in takeout lines than you do at the gym, you might not be living with very much margin in your life. If you can't remember the last time you sat down to talk to someone without any rhyme or reason, but just for the opportunity to have a good conversation with somebody, you might be living a marginless life. If you can't remember the last time you had a significant experience with Jesus, you might be living a marginless life. And listen, everything in our culture is telling us, add these 75 things to your life and you will be happy. Add all these things. Do more of these things. And Jesus doesn't say, man, come do all this more stuff. He says, no, no, no. I want to teach you how to live a little bit differently. He doesn't say, like, man, go add more obligations to your list. Go add more family events to your list. Go add more work events to your list. Don't go do all those things. And what the problem is, is a lot of us, for the marginless life that we're living right now, we want to blame our work for the reason we have no margin. We want to blame our friends because we don't have margin for other things. And while those things might have contributed to the fact that you're living a marginless life, at some point you've got to take responsibility for your life. Like they contributed to it, but you made a choice to do those things. I remember the, the first two years of our church, I, I, I made a fundamental choice that, man, I spoke every single weekend at church. Um, I, I was at almost every single meeting that we had at church. If there was a meeting for kids ministry, I was there. If there was a meeting for first impressions, I was there. If, if we were thinking about anything, I was there. And what I was doing is I was running my life ragged. And I got to this point where I was so burnt out that that I ended up in Africa and I couldn't even cry over the poverty and the hurt and the despair and all of those things there. And I remember sitting in a bathroom, just sitting there going, God, if I don't ever feel something for people again, I, I'm just going to quit this whole deal. And God just like literally said to me, you're out of control. You're out of control. You think you can do everything in life. He said, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you that feeling back. But next time, I don't know that you'll recover this way. It's kind of like this week, my wife's, my wife's in Africa right now. And she's, uh, she's preaching at our two campuses in Africa this morning. So I'm, I'm really, really excited. In case you don't know, we, we have a campus in Pompano Beach, but we have two campuses in Africa and South Africa as well um, that we take care of and we support. So she's speaking over there. And, but this week, I've had her car. And, and I noticed a couple months ago when I was driving her car, there, there, a check engine light came on. Anybody ever had that check engine light come on? You're like, oh, man, what's that? And you, you pull out your glove box and you look in there and you go, like, I don't have any idea what this means. And so you just put it back in the glove box and you keep driving, right? Like, you just hope. Like, I hope that's not bad. And so I was driving along. And because it's been on for so long, like, I don't even realize the check engine light's on anymore. And so I'm just driving along. And I was driving along this week. And pretty soon another light came on there and it was like a wrench. And I was like, oh man, that's probably not good. You know, and like, I don't know why the wrench just came on. That's, that's probably not a good sign. And, and I thought to myself, like, I should probably check that out. But you know what? By the end of this week, I was not thinking at all about that wrench anymore. 
Like I was just going on. And, and this is what happens to us in life. We get going and something pops up and it's kind of like a red flag in our lives. And we're like, oh, we should do something about that. But we just continue on. And before very long, that check engine light just becomes a part of our life. And then another light pops on. Oh, I should do something about that. We just continue on and we continue on. And more and more lights are popping up all the time saying like, man, check yourself before you wreck yourself. And we just ignore them. But here's the thing about your life. You're the driver of that vehicle. You have a responsibility to check out what's going on when those warning signs are going off. And I believe for some of us today, there's some warning signs going off. There's some check engine lights. There's a couple of wrench lights on. There might even be a battery light on or your oil pressure. It's about to blow. And so we've got to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. The second thing we've got to do is we've got to trade our burdens for God's values. We're going to trade our burdens for God's values. And in verse 29, Jesus goes on to say, he says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. Sounds like such a deep rest. Sounds like exactly the thing that probably most of us need right now. He says, for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is life. You know, this is what I know is that we all have burdens in life. And I, I, I went and grabbed some, some backpacks that I have because they're, they're pretty similar. Like, a lot of us, we have some burdens. We have some burdens of, of fear that we put on every day. We have some burdens of insecurities that we put on all the time. And we're carrying these things around. And we're packing more and more in our lives because those things, the, the, the fears that we have and the insecurities that we have, they're really about the feeling of value that we have in our lives. That's where we have those things. And so, so what happens is, is when we do something well, we feel valued. And so like when I, when I dress a certain way and somebody compliments me at that moment, I feel very valued in my life. Or, or when I go out and I have success in my job, like this burden all of a sudden, and somebody recognizes that success, all of a sudden I start to have value because of that. And what happens happens is, is, is that's good for a moment, but it's fleeting. And then all of a sudden, it's just a burden of like, how do I succeed again? How do I get somebody to recognize? How do I get somebody to see me for who I want to be? And we have these burdens that we're carrying around, and they're heavy, and they're burdensome, and they're, they make us weary in life, and they're constantly holding us down. They're constantly holding us back, and it's impossible for us to ever fulfill those things. In fact, I found this article by Madonna uh, in Vogue magazine, and she said, she says this, I mean, this is Madonna. She says, my life comes from this fear of being mediocre. That is always pushing me and driving me. I push past one spell of it and discover myself as a special human being. But then I feel I'm still mediocre and uninteresting unless I do something else. Because even though I have become somebody, I still have to prove every day that I am somebody. I mean, this is Madonna. How many sold-out concerts has she had? How many platinum albums has she put out? And every day she's going, man, while I accomplish something, while I know that I am somebody, like I've got to go out and prove that every day because the moment I stop that, I become uninteresting. All of a sudden, I've got to pick this burden back up and I've got to start carrying it again. And a lot of us, that's what we're doing because we find our worth and we find our value in those things. And, and we have these burdens that we're finding our value in. And Jesus is saying, man, you need to get rid of that. Trade that in for my value. He says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. 
And see, the problem is, is that we have this and we forget what it was like. Like, I remember as a kid, anybody play hot potato out there? A couple of people play hot potato. It's a weird game. I don't know who came up with that. Like, the potato was never hot, okay? Like, we needed to bake a potato, put in some tinfoil, and then throw it on some kids' laps and let them burn, okay? That would be a hot potato. But we never did that. But what do you do in hot potato? You, you, there, there's a timer, and you're trying to get the potato glands in your lap. What do you do? You toss it out as fast as you can, right? Because you don't want to get stuck with a hot potato. You want that to get stuck on somebody else. Man, when these burdens come our way, we need to be like, God, no, toss it off. Get rid of that junk as fast as possible. And trade it out for what God has. God says, man, trade me. Trade me. i got a good trade. Pick up my bag. Pick up my burden. Pick up my yoke. It's not anywhere it's here. In fact, it's easy. It's light. He's saying, listen, your, your value isn't based on how you can feel in that moment, all those things. Your value isn't based on what you can do. Your value is based on who I made you to be. When you trust in me, it changes everything. You don't feel like you have to accomplish. You don't have to do all that stuff to feel complete and secure because you find your completeness and your security in me. You find your true worth and your true value in me. See, what happens is, is Psalm 62, 1 and 2a, says, God, the, only, the one and only, I'll wait as long as he says, everything I need comes from him, so why not? He is a solid rock under my feet, breathing room for my soul. So when we start to trade our, our burdens for his values, all of a sudden, man, we get this, this breathing room for our soul. All of a sudden, we start to rest. Then we start to do number three, which is we'll live for what lasts. We'll live for what lasts. Matthew 16, 26 says this. And do you not know? And, and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul. Is anything worth more than your soul? I mean, think about all the stuff we give ourselves to. That project at work. It's not a bad thing, but a lot of times we're choosing that over the opportunity to go be at a kid's soccer game. Or choosing to make an extra buck Rather than spending time with our family. A lot of the things that we're choosing to do aren't bad things. They're just not the best things. They're not the things that last in this life. Like nobody on their deathbed's like, man, I wish I would have gotten in another five hours in the office this week. Nobody's like, man, I wish I would have bought that, that Louis Vuitton bag this week. They don't think like that. You know what they're thinking? They're thinking, man, I wish I would have taken care of that check engine light. It's been going off for months and months and months. And the wrench light and the oil pressure light and the battery light and all the warning signs. So my question to you today is, what are the warning signs that are going off in your life? What 
lights are on today that the struggle is just real for you to add more and more to where you need to be maybe stepping back a little bit and allowing God to trade all that work and all that activity for his rest and his restoration. And I just wrote down some things that practically from my own life that I found to be really, really important to me. And so for living what lasts, you know, I, I love to-do lists. I, there's nothing better than having a to-do list and showing it to my wife all checked off at the end of the day. Like, I accomplished. Yeah, babe, give me a high five. Give me a smooch. You know, those are, that's, that's a good day. But you know what I did? I started making a not-to-do list. Some of us, we probably need to make start making a not-to-do list because there's some things that we need to stop doing in our lives. One of my stop-to-do lists, sorry, if you call the church office and you want me to counsel you, it doesn't happen at our church. Number one, I'm horrible at it. I have no compassion for you. If you're stupid, like, there's no compassion there, okay? So, like, I'm not a good person to talk to. Like, I don't, I, I end up hurting you more than I end up helping you. There's people that are much better at that. And so, like, we just made a decision as a church, like, TJ does not help people in that. And so, we're going to let TJ study the Bible and talk nice to people and not try to help them in a one-on-one -on -one setting because it just doesn't come off really. He's not very warm, fuzzy. Uh, we have some other people that are really, really good at that, that are very, that are, that are trained in that, that are really good at that. So TJ's not going to do that. That's a stop to-do list. And so what are some things in your life maybe you need to make a stop to-do list on? Another thing is I stepped back and I started making sleep a priority. Richard Swinton in his book Margin said, we're the most sleep-deprived generation of all time. Like, very few people are getting eight to nine hours of sleep, which is the recommended amount of sleep for you to function at your highest ability. I'm in bedtime every night now. I'm like an eight-year-old. I try to stick to it. Man, my life is going so much better. Big one for me is Sabbath, a day of rest. To take a day off and rest. It's what you, God did. He said... Six days he worked, and the seventh day he rested. And I know some of you guys are like, but I need to work all seven. I need to do this. I'm going to accomplish so much. Listen, you'll accomplish a lot in the short run. You're really, really good for two years, but in four years, you're done. See, and I'd rather have somebody that's really, really good for 25 years than somebody that's really good for two years because they chose to rest. Another big one is set aside time to Read your Bible to pray. Allow God to be part of your everyday, not just your Sunday. Make Him a priority. and Make that a priority in your life. and Say, Jesus, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run down a path that's going to follow you because if I trade my burdens, I know what I get. I get your rest. Maybe for some of you in here, the decision for you needs to be that the practical aspect is, is that you've never crossed a line of faith. Maybe you've never made a decision for Jesus. You've been checking out God for a long time, and you've been hearing about this relationship with God. And, and maybe, maybe you've never made that decision because of an experience that you had as a young person at church. And you're like, and, and, you, and you look around, and you say, oh, man, all church people are hypocrites. And you, you know what? You're right. 
all church people are hypocrites. And the good news is, is there's room for one more. So why don't you come and join? Because on, on, on all levels, all of us are hypocritical in some reason. We want to live out these values and we fail in them all the time. Let's just be honest. So we're always going to be somewhat hypocritical because we never can achieve the level of what we're trying to get to. That's why we're striving towards that. That's why we're working towards that. It's not that we have arrived. It's that we're on our way there. And you'll never, I promise you this, you'll never find the rest that you're looking for in the margin that you're looking for without putting God in his rightful place in your life. You see, maybe today that's the decision you need to make. And we'd love to pray with you and talk with you. So if you guys would bow your heads and close your eyes. A lot of us are packing all kinds of things into our life. A lot of us are picking up all kinds of burdens in our life. And, and today maybe is the day that we need to release those things to God. Maybe we're just worn out, tired, and Not very much space in our life. And today is maybe the day that we need to say, Jesus, I, I need to hand you some of these things. I need to put you in a right priority list. And I need to trade in my burdens in my weary carries for your rest. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe that's you out there today. I would love to pray with you. If you just slip your hand up real quick, I'd love to pray with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. People all over the place. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. If you just pray this in your heart as I, I pray out loud, you say, God, man, I recognize that I've been picking up so many burdens and so many cares and trying to meet all these expectations because that's where I found my worth and value. But what it's caused is it hasn't caused me to have worth and value, it's just caused me to have more burdens and more expectations in my life that I can never seem to exceed or meet. And so, God, today I choose you. I choose to recognize that you gave your son 2,000 years ago so that I could have life and I could have it more abundantly. I didn't have to have a life that's burdened by the cares of this world, but I could have a life that is found in the rest and the presence of your son and your Holy Spirit. So come into my life, take over, and take charge. God, we love you with everything that we have. It's in Jesus' name that we pray.